The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the 12th Doctor story, Death in Heaven. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? Folks, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a review of the podcast. It's really important, really helpful when you do that. Uh, that's the primary way that we get the podcast out to new listeners, including you sharing the podcast with your friends. Help us grow this community and reach more folks who would be interested in it. I also want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets. So we're talking about Death in Heaven. This is the second part of the two-parter season finale from season eight. I'm fairly certain of the 12th Doctor. And so, Jimmy, can you give us a recap of what happens here? Last time, the 12th Doctor and Clara broke into the 3W facility inside of St. Paul's Cathedral, which they discovered was run by Cybermen. This time, while the Doctor is off having his mind blown by Missy, the new female incarnation of the Master, Clara is left alone. When a Cyberman attacks her, she puts on an elaborate ruse, claiming that Clara Oswald never existed and that she is, in fact, the Doctor. And it's oddly plausible. Meanwhile, Unit shows up and takes Missy and the Doctor into custody. They then board a plane and declare the Doctor to be President of Earth for the duration of the current alien invasion. Missy causes havoc and leaps out of the plane. Also, meanwhile, in the Nether Sphere, Danny Pink and the other inhabitants are being transferred back to Earth, where they will awake in new Cyberman bodies. Certain Cybermen have already exploded themselves and turned into clouds of Cyberman nanobots. The nanobots will rain on every grave, uh, graveyard on Earth and turn every deceased human being into a Cyberman. They will then kill the human race and emerge even stronger unless the Doctor does something to stop them. Missy presents all the current Cybermen to the Doctor as a present. He can use them as an army to do good in the universe, proving that he is not so different than the Master. However, Danny Pink has rescued Clara. And even though he's in intense emotional pain, he has promised never to hurt her even if she turns off all his emotions. The doctor realizes that love isn't an emotion but a promise, and Danny will never hurt Clara. And Danny volunteers to take the other current Cybermen and burn the clouds of nanoparticles to stop Missy's plan. He does so. Afterwards, Clara is about to kill Missy, but the Doctor volunteers to do so instead in order to save Clara from taking life. But before he can do so, Missy reveals the coordinates of Gallifrey, and the Cyberman Brigadier apparently kills Missy to spare the Doctor from taking life. He then leaves Earth. Afterwards, Danny uses one of Missy's devices to return the kid he accidentally killed to Earth, 
sacrificing his own chance to come back in the process. Clara and the doctor then meet in a restaurant, and they both lie to each other. The doctor lies and says that Missy told the truth about where Gallifrey was, but we see in a flashback that that she didn't, and it reveals that the doctor found nothing at the coordinates. Thinking that the doctor has found his way home, Clara lies and says that she and Danny are doing fine together now that he's returned. She and the doctor then part ways, and in our last shot, Santa Claus appears to the doctor, says neither he nor Clara is okay, and asks what he wants for Christmas. The end. Setting us up for the Christmas special. The alien crab face hugger Santa Claus Christmas <laughs> special, yeah. yes. Which I think we'll be talking about just in time for Christmas. So uh, let's talk about this one, though. And a couple big things right off the bat. What was with Clara pretending to be the doctor and that she wasn't real? I didn't feel like that kind of went anywhere. I mean, it was a little bit of a ruse. Yeah, well, it was a ruse. It was fun, though. I enjoyed it. They, uh, they. I mean, all it is is the Cybermen are about to attack her, and she needs to save. They're about to kill her, yeah. And so she needs to save her life, and the way she does it is say, "You're misunderestimating me. I'm a high value target." And they're like, no, you are not. You are Clara Oswald. You are insignificant. Ah, that's where you're wrong. I'm actually the doctor. Clara Oswald has never existed. Who could hide under your very nose? Who could change their face at will? And yeah. and then they go into the credits, and we have Clara in the place of the doctor in the, in the credits. You know, that's we right. normally have Peter Capaldi's name comes up first in the credits, and his eyes zoom up in the credits. And instead, we have Jenna Coleman zooms up first in the credits and Jenna Coleman's eyes zoom up in the credits. It, <laughs> That's it was right. Peter Capaldi in second place. It's hilarious. Yeah. I wonder if anybody actually fell for that on the first viewing. Like, did you go, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I didn't fall for it, but there, there is a putting myself in the mind of a first time viewer and watching it again. It's kind of like, you know, this is, She's the impossible girl, right? I mean, is she has this really bizarre backstory that's intertwined with the doctor's timeline? There's just a little bit of an itch of could mm-hmm. this be serious? But you know, not enough I to mean, convince. But I, I, I mean, of course, great. admittedly, you've got the whole you know biological thing of she's completely human. She's got one heart. She's not Gallifreyan. She's human, and the Cybermen can check that i would assume i would assume they'd have some kind of fact i think they actually say something about that yeah yeah so it's it's i mean obviously it was just she was being clever and it worked until cyber danny showed up at least kept him on kept him uncertain till he showed up let's put it that way which she doesn't recognize him you know right and she thinks he's just another cyberman and as she's saying it she says oh you, you know i'm an incredible liar I could fool you, you know, it it doesn't matter, you know, I fooled you that I was Clara, and he says, correct, and kind of lowers his head, like Danny Mm -hmm. knows that that Clara has been an incredible liar, and so it's, as you realize, as you know what's going on, you're like, oh, that hurts, she shouldn't have said that. Serious burn, yeah. Yeah. So, so he rescues her. Uh, Let's jump back a little bit, though, to uh, outside St. Paul's, where uh, the doctor and Missy and the Cybermen and all these people are posing for selfies with the Cybermen, which you're like, oh, that's so 2010s. That's such a mm-hmm. thing we would do today. 
Uh, you it know, is. I mean, if you see people on the streets in Hollywood or New York City dressed in costumes, you take selfies with them. Right, right. Yeah. And, and you know, people would recognize the Cybermen, right, from the last time they tried to take over the world? Um, I've I've lost track of what <laughs> yeah. in, in new in new who what what do people know about the Cybermen? Because back in the David Tennant era, they introduced that stupid parallel world Cyberman thing. Yeah, which I that was just a mistake. Just do it in the prime timeline. Yep. Yeah, and then they came through. They went back, but we're not sure whether they changed the timeline. Do people forget? Right. Exactly. So well, and, well, they, it, and they did. Yeah. They did. They did have the, the, the guy in the morgue who was watching the TV show talking about the Cybermen and what they knew. But I got the feeling it was kind of presented as like an Art Bell type thing, you know, conspiracy theory type yeah. show instead of actual like BBC News. Yeah. Right, right. They, they also play fast and loose these days with what does the public know about aliens? Because mm -hmm. back in the John Pertwee's day in the Third Doctor's time, UNIT kind of hushed up all the alien invasions and so the public didn't really know. But then after the, the Slitheen <laughs> incursion, I was so great. The aliens the public finally knows about are the farty skin suit aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's just great. Yeah, awesome. Um, and well, and of course, it turns out these aren't just a bunch of clueless, you know, tourists or, you know. Not all of them. Right. In fact, many or most are unit agents who are at the ready, apparently. And, you know, and then we have Osgood and Kate Stewart show up and, uh, you know, take them into custody. And this is our first appearance of Osgood, right? Um, no, she was in Day Return. of the Doctor. Oh, oh, right. that's right. That's right. She was. Yes. But she, here she's great. Oh, yeah. And I love how she comes up and just barges her way because the, the doc, Missy has got her device, you know, which looks yep. kind of like an iPhone. And she's taking pictures with it and she's leaning back for a selfie of herself and the doctor. And Oswald just barges up and says, let me let me capture your moment for you. Right. You're having such yeah. a lovely moment. Let me do that. And she takes Missy's device. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it's it. she's just so pleasant as she disarms the master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Osgood is, is just, it like as we've said before, Osgood is the fan. You know, it's 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 mm -hmm. us on screen as, you know, a, a fanboy, fangirl of the Doctor and knowing all the trivia, knowing all the information and that sort of thing. And it's it's just so fun to see Osgood. Uh, well, you even this. got the line in, bow ties are cool. Yeah. Yes, yep. So uh, they don't the unit doesn't capture the Cybermen, as you mentioned, Jimmy. The Cybermen blast off, and there are 91 of them, one for each major city and town in England. Are there only 91 major cities and towns in England? It's uh, only apparently. about the size of Arkansas, so yeah. I guess. I mean, I always think of England as being bigger, but that's population, the population yeah. is 20 times as much as Arkansas, but it's only the same size. Mm -hmm. It's my very American idea of England being as big as something, you know, America or something like that. So yeah. anyway, they're going to explode and pollinate all the graves and convert them. And what I'm thinking is, is why do it to the dead? What, couldn't this work on the living too? Like if this... Yeah. It's less horrifying that way. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah. we've we've we we've we've had Cybermen convert living people since the beginning, mm -hmm. right? You so, don't get the 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 view of the you know night of living dead of the hand coming out of the grave, right? 
No, I mean, I, I get like why that's more horrific. It's just it feels like a plot hole. Like if you're going mm-hmm. to, you know, convert something, why not just you know, buy something that can fall from the sky? Just have it land on people and convert them. But I know, I know. Well, yeah, but so the design of these Cybermen is they're meant to convert the dead because the dead always outnumber the living. And therefore, mm. if you're only converting the living, if that's what your Cybermen things are com- are designed to do, then you're limiting your the size of your army. Oh. Where, whereas if you convert the dead, then you have a much bigger army and it only grows as they kill the living. Right. I saw a number recently within the last week mm-hmm. that claimed that the, the total number of people who've ever lived on Earth is like 120 billion. Right. Does that yeah. Sound it's right? A, it's, a, it's, well, it's, it's under 200 billion, but yeah. Okay. Um, so kind of interesting, although I wonder about the oldest ones, <laughs> whether the, well, the whole process is iffy from, from well, the start. And they don't end up doing it. That would have been – so this episode is dancing with being really offensive. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. There are a number of, of irksome things. The episode overall is okay, but there are things in it. Yeah, that are that run the risk of being offensive, like turning the brigadier into a freaking Cyberman. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. turning every human that's ever lived into a Cyberman would also be offensive, but they actually avoid doing that. That's just the plan. Mm-hmm. But at the end, Danny Pink takes control of the currently living Cybermen and burns out the clouds. So not every human being that's ever lived ends up getting turned into a Cyberman. That would have been really offensive. Or just every dead body ever lived getting incinerated, which would set archaeology back pretty far, not to mention all the other things. Yeah. Yeah, they don't do don't do that either. Yeah, it just ends up being every person in graveyards within Britain, basically. Or right. well, I don't know that or I, I don't know that they go England. that far. We only see one graveyard in the London area where everybody gets brought back. Well, that and was the, the 31 or the 91 one for each, each major town and city. So you well, assume that would mean for one for each graveyard or one each would, city has graveyards. One would assume, but they, I don't know that they all reigned because they, they, we know, we are, we know one of them reigned because we see yeah. it raining and it, it brings mm-hmm. some of them back as Cybermen. But um, they talk about the other clouds as if they have yet to rain. Right. Yeah, it's hard to. Yeah, it, they don't give a clear idea of exactly how many are we got. But there's the the threat of it and the implication of it, I guess. Yeah. And so, so well, sp- speaking of things that aren't offensive, but just stupid. Yeah. Um, when the cloud rains, it you know, the water goes everywhere. It goes into like a city morgue and we see a guy who's like a morgue attendant mm-hmm. and then his, the bodies in the morgue are waking up as Cybermen. And it's like, okay, that was a human body, right? A bare human body laying on mm-hmm. a slab under a sheet. It wakes up, pulls the sheet off and there's an entire Cyberman exoskeleton covering it. Right. Yep. Where did all that metal come from? Well, that was the thing I was I was going to say is like, how do they convert these dead bodies? Like, where did the, all the stuff to cover it from? And I hate to say it, but isn't the point of Cyberman that you're using a human brain to power it? Like it's it's an um, cyborg. So what about all the 
the bodies that don't have brains left or, you know, not to be too gross about it, but. Well, presumably it, you either don't need a brain or, I mean, they could compensate for that. I mean, they replace yeah. everything else anyway, or I mean, lots of, they, they can replace anything else. So maybe yeah. they could replace some brain, but um, maybe we just don't see those. Right. Right. It's Yeah. But this is all just Stephen Moffat science fairy tale. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So um, let's talk about other things that were offensive. <laughs> so offensive on, or stupid? We, this uh, is a game. This is a game we should play. For this <laughs> yes, episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, is this offensive or, stu- or is it stupid? Or is it mm-hmm. both? Why not yeah. both? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've tranked the doctor and Missy for for some stupid reason to get him on board uh, boat one, which is the unit Air Force One, um, because. Because for some reason, every country in the world has agreed to make an alien um, president of the world and in control of every nation through, through as as a you know tyrant. Yeah, they haven't <laughs> agreed. They haven't agreed to make an the doctor specifically. From the way Kate phrases it, it's not that they've agreed to make the doctor specifically president, but they've agreed to have a president to meet an emer- an alien invasion emergency, a global president. And right. and Kate names the doctor because he's the one who's best equipped to deal with this. So he gets on board, and the first thing he does is insult soldiers again because th- this yeah. doctor apparently hates soldiers, insults the colonel who salutes him and calls him a man scout in his uh, scout Re- uniform repeatedly yeah 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 this is this for me this is another one of the dumb things about this episode is just is this whole president of earth thing yes uh then uh before he knows he's president of earth he, someone mentions the president is on board he assumes it's the american president and says americans they'll only start praying uh so if apparently we are um criticizing well, people for praying and at at least now they're uh, I mean that's better than the last time they brought Americans around because con- previously they've pretty consistently shown Americans as being um, unreasonably warlike, right? And and it's if he's at least if he's seeing us as only praying, it's well that's okay that's less hostile than oh the Americans are just going to blow stuff up, right? Right. But yeah, so there's several anti-religious sort of things in this episode so there's that criticism and then there's this whole idea that the human concept of the afterlife is a creation of the master who throughout human history has been instead of people going to heaven or hell they've been just sucked up into the nethersphere for all of human history and that's what afterlife is Maybe they speculate about that. Um, and Missy has a line late in the episode that kind of goes in that direction. But earlier, the doctor's just speculating about, well, she's a time lord. She has, she's had as much time to do all this as she wants. But they, do, but they elsewhere have lines talking about it's only the recently dead. So right. it seems they're being ambiguous about it. Okay. But the doctor does kind of speculate on the, the, you know, this idea that there is no afterlife. And it just, it feels, you know, in, along with the other anti-praying yeah. thing, it just, uh, Moffat is just running out his agnostic sort of anti-religion sort of thing here. Yeah. It just kind of rankles a, a bit. Um, just as a side, Moffat has a new Netflix series called Inside Man that co-stars David Tennant, by the way. 
which is fabulous. It's a really good mm. series. But Tenet in it is a uh, Anglican vicar, mm. and mm. you can see some of this attitude toward religion, especially Anglican religion, um, in in that as well. So it's this is something that Moffat kind of has got as a chip on his shoulder about, I guess. Um, so we have Missy is on board. She's telling the doctor that you know she's going to give him these coordinates to Gallifrey, which is lost supposedly lost in another dimension what when did he get lost in another dimension was that day of the doctor day of the doctor yeah when yep. when they give the doctor a, allegedly a new regeneration cycle and then they vanish back into this pocket dimension right 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 okay with the war doctor right and and at the conclusion david Tennant's doctor knows that it's out there but now he has to find it implying mm-hmm. it's lost okay so she claims to have found it um, we're told uh, there is a bit of a funny moment here where they're talking about, oh, we've got the file on the master and, you know, oh, we have files on all our ex-prime ministers. And you go, yeah. oh, wait a minute. <laughs> he That's was. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and then the line, and he wasn't even the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <which> was, <laughs> That's a good one. I, I, I'm okay with, you know, uh, doing that to politicians. In in that yeah. same scene, that, so it's Oswald who del- uh, Osgood. Osman Osgood, who delivers those lines. There's too many Oz names. No kidding. It's confusing. Clara, Oswan, Oswald, Osgood. What's going on? Um, yeah. Anyway, Osgood deduces that, you know, the that Missy is the master because the doctor comes up to her and and is being cagey about, oh, you wouldn't even believe who she is if I told you. Oh, my guess is she was your childhood friend, the master, who you grew up with on Gallifrey, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and and at, at that point, he he's impressed, and he invites her to become a companion. Yes. Yep. And, of course, she's not going to be because Missy pops her like a balloon. Mm-hmm. No, it's so uh, – so that was so – yes, as good as companion. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I love the way they play that, though, because you've got Missy strapped between these two guards. You've got Missy strapped to it's like it's it's like a hand truck. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things you roll th- you roll refrigerators around on. And and she's strapped to that and she's in the plane watching Osgood work at the computer and she's just talking to herself. And she's going. Hey, Missy, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my man. Hey, Missy, <laughs> which is an old, it's an old song from like the 80s. It yes. Is, is, hey, Ricky, you're so yep. fine. Mickey. Um, Mickey. Yeah. Mickey. That's yep. it. Um, and, and then she invites, pesteringly invites Osgood over to talk to her. And she says, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something in a minute. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and then she's I'm not even kidding but don't tell the boys meaning the guards it'll be our secret girl plan and then she makes this face you know like we're in on the, we're in on this secret together right <laughs> and 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 Osgood says you know why would you why would you want to kill me and so cuz you're a pretty I just want to pop a balloon yeah. and, and and Osgood, you know, leaves her and goes back over to the computer. And Missy says, what is that in your pocket? And Osgood says, there's nothing in my pocket. But she reaches in and pulls out the handcuffs Missy was wearing. And Missy mm-hmm. says, oh, my giddy aunt, which is a callback to the second doctor, because that oh. was one of his phrases. 
Um, and then she then she disintegrates Osgood. Yeah, after the countdown. So yeah, yeah Missy murders Osgood, but again for Stephen Moffat, they no one back. ever dies. Yeah, <laughs> this is this turns out to be the Zygon Osgood, who will re- be replaced by another Zygon Osgood. Because if you remember from the day of the Doctor, there were two Osgoods, a Zygon and the human, and in order to have this peace, they wouldn't reveal which was which. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, have they established that the one who died here was the Zygon Osgood? I guess maybe yeah. they have. In the Zygon invasion, it's going to come up uh, that the the one who died on the plane was the Zygon Osgood and has been replaced by another Zygon, so okay, that there are still two. Osgood. Which yeah, I know we have two now. One of which is human. Yep. So I guess it has to be a Zygon who died here. Right. Um. During during lockdown, they for COVID, the actress who plays Osgood did a did a the two Osgoods talk to each other over Skype about oh. their lo- lockdown experiences. Video. Yes, <laughs> I remember seeing that. Yes, that was good. That was good. So many there were so many good little shorts that they did during lockdown. Those were fun. Um, so the, you know, and then the, we have the, the, uh, Cybermen attack the plane, you know, and that's, that's going on. Meanwhile, oh, for, first though, we yeah. get a literal tomb of the Cybermen shot right? where, mm-hmm. where it's raining on the cemetery and we see the Cybermen's hands bursting up through the ground and them coming out of yeah. literally coming out of their tombs for once. Right. Right. Um, and the, these newly hatched, shall we say Cybermen aren't under control. They're kind of just there they're not missy hasn't you know asserted cyber control over them i guess um there isn't a cyber controller i guess yeah they they just have their emotions wiped so they have no motivations and they're just standing there yep just kind of hanging out um meanwhile again we have clara the in the cemetery brought there by cyber danny she still doesn't know who he is um and unknowingly provokes danny by saying the doctor is the closest person to her. The one man she would never lie to again. I'm like, and he nearly shoots her, which is, Mm. was shocking. I think that was his cyber programming, asserting control that he then over overrode. That's at least how I took that. Oh, okay. I just, I took it. He just got so mad that it, there was Mm. a reaction. Uh I mean, it's as simple as it's not even cyber programming. It's human. It's human. The fact Mm. he still got his emotions that he was, you know, controlling his, he had to control his anger. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't, it would cause that. Right, right. Yeah, because he's in so much so much emotional pain that um, th- that she, she provoked this uh, reaction from him, I guess. Because she thought she was just saying this to a Cyberman in order to get him to back off. Um, so I guess this I'm is trying, to, she, trying to yeah. think through his situation because he is fairly recently dead. Mm-hmm. He's been on, an, on a kind of roller coaster, I guess, emotionally. So... You know, It'd be a bad yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was thinking like I was recently. I was reading the the Bardo Thadal, which is the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and it as has <laughs> as, as as you do, and and you know, it's what it is is um, it's essentially a long text that is meant to be. You're meant to read it during life, but then they also read it to you after you're dead. And it's instructions about how to how to navigate the afterlife, how to get to where you want to go. And it talks, it's got all this 
all this different stuff, which which is supposed to be read to you about, okay, first you're going to encounter this, and then you're going to encounter that, and here's what you do. And, and it just it, it's rather lengthy text. It goes on and on. But during a certain part of the text, you apparently you're supposed to become aware of what's happening with your body because you're going to see your body, you're going to see your relatives mourning you. And it, it kind of cycles through this a few times, but it, it describes the thought process of the dead person it, it, because you're talking to the dead person. It says, okay, you're going to see your body, you're going to see your family mourning, you're going to see the servants, and they're going to be weeping, and they're going to be eating the special food for when you die. And, and you're going to think to yourself, oh no, I am dead. What shall I do? <laughs> and, and it's like, don't try to get back in your body because that's not going to work. Instead, here's what you do. Um, but I just, I just love that thought process of the, oh no, I am dead. What shall I do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shocked. I'm shocked. What, ha- what happened? So um, we have this, uh, um, I was going to say the, uh, so Missy reveals that she brought the doctor and Clara together in the first place. The uh, Clara mm-hmm. and the 11th doctor, the phone call from the lady at the computer shop. Yep. Does she explain what she was doing? Why? Apparently it was all a big setup for this. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was it that bringing Clara together with the doctor was meant to do for, for this? That's what I was unclear on. Yeah, it's not really integrated plot-wise, is it? No. I, I I mean, it. think it comes up again next season, like the very beginning when they go to Gallifrey, mm-hmm. Missy and Clara together, and I think it comes up again. I'm not, I don't, I don't recall. Or go to Scarrow. Don't they go to, uh, oh, right. It's Scarrow. Scarrow, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's where it is, which is familiar. I mean, I just, this is just Stephen Moffat closing up a loophole that, yeah. or a plot hole that he had, created way back when yeah that's what it really felt like yeah um so in any case the the, she has the cybermen tear the plane apart um kate stewart falls out of the plane now i want to pause here are we sure that kate stewart isn't also the master because she seems to survive (laughs) a lot (laughs) this one was explained this one was explained it it was it was (laughs) but she she's the survivor (laughs) for those who haven't seen the episode off screen her cyberman dad the brigadier grabs her as she's falling and delivers her safely to the ground yes can we just call him cyber brig the Mm. cyber brig (laughs) (laughs) so um the doctor, meanwhile, ends up on the ground uh, in with, with uh, Danny, Cyber Danny, and Clara in the cemetery, and he's trying to convince uh, Clara to stop trying to turn off the emotions. Clara's trying to turn off the emotions to, for Danny to, for Danny to save him from that pain, and the doctor's trying to tell her don't do that, um, and tells Danny pain is a gift without the capacity for pain. We can't feel the hurt we inflict on others. And Danny kind of shows the doctors kind of being a hypocrite here, isn't he? He totally turns the line around on him. It's like, oh, that's yeah. he doesn't say it this way, but it's like, oh, well, I guess that explains you. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. then it, then he also says uh, he reveals that the, the emotional inhibitor needs to be switched on in order for Danny to find out what the big cyber plan is. 
Right. And and so now he's like, no, now your previous high minded words about pain are forgotten now that it provides a tactical advantage and starts doing the thing about the doctor being an officer uh, yeah. as opposed to Danny being a sergeant. And and so this is on an emo- this is where Stephen Moffat can be really good, which is on an emotional dialogue level, because he's because Danny is effectively dressing down the doctor here and the doctor admits and acknowledges, yeah, I need this information. I do need you to turn off your emotions. And then they and we're going to just have to take that risk. And they do. And then it turns out that he already knew the plan. Right. It had already been, I did like it had already been completely explained to the audience. We're not learning anything new here. Right. So right. There, you got this big emotional buildup for no payoff. Well, and, and I thought it was kind of stupid because the doctor, even as he's doing, he's like, I don't want to do this. I, this is not, you know, I need to do this to save the world, but I really don't want to do this. And Danny's sitting there dressing him down for it. Like you said, and it's just like, Danny, did you li- just listen to him? He literally said he's only doing this because he's trying to save all of humanity. It's not like he's doing this to be some great general or soldier. Right. You know, and then and then when he's he continues to dress him down for making Clara do it. By the way, he doesn't dress down Clara in the process mm-hmm. for doing it. it, it he's the doctor's still like, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, and he walks away and it's right. just like, OK, this. It didn't. This didn't work for me as well as as it might have for you. But it it, it I, I thought it was kind of jerkish, to be honest. The way it was it was done. Well, that's the thing about Danny and the Doctor is they're just jerks to each other. Yeah, I, I always felt this whole soldier officer thing felt a little unreasonable <laughs> throughout. A little, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I get Danny's resentment of the Doctor. I that's a that's a pretty good. You know, right. he's got good reason to be resentful and a little bit jealous, just like. But I think it was, this whole like romantic triangle thing was handled so much better with Amy and Rory and the 11th Doctor. Yeah. yeah. This one is just, I don't know, it just, it never worked. Well, they, the thing is, it worked so well with Amy and Rory and the 11th Doctor, they can't just do the same thing again. So that's right. why they turn, mm-hmm. that's why they keep Danny as an antagonist. And this Don't isn't quite a <laughs> romantic triangle as it was with Amy Rory and in the, the eleven. Yeah, yeah, you that's know, true. It's, it's not. It's because the twelfth doesn't have any romantic interest, and that was what I I think was a good decision from the beginning. But oh yeah, and I mean I get I get Danny being a little jealous of Clara, you know, going off on these adventures and worried for her and that sort of thing. But this soldier officer thing that always rankled with me. And, I just and never they, liked it. And they do call it out, you know, when the, here in a little bit, when the doctor says, you know, I am an idiot, you know, I am not. A, and he says, I am not an officer. He looks right at Danny, says, I am not an officer. Right. You know. So um, meanwhile, um, <laughs> Missy arrives on an umbrella like a demented yeah. Mary Poppins, which is it awesome. D- descends from the heavens like Mary Poppins only <laughs> demented. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, if you can't tell, folks. We all love Missy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, as you mentioned, Jimmy, Missy gives him the cyber army and either he uses it to conquer the universe and impose good on everyone or she'll kill everyone on Earth because she wants him to know that they aren't so different. And this is her demented motivation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she she says, happy birthday. And he's like, what? And she said, oh, you've forgotten, haven't you? So this is apparently the doctor's birthday. <laughs> right. <laughs> and but she says, happy birthday. 
Mr. President, with, <laughs> and imitating the Marilyn Monroe to Jack Kennedy happy birthday song. Yeah. Yep. And and this actually echoes back, I forget the exact episode. It's the one with the creepy little brain creature, dwarf, badly put together puppet episode. Uh, maybe it's Colony in Space. Anyway, it's from the season where the master first appeared, where he's in every episode. Oh, right. And it's like, I think the last or next to last of, of the, of the, of the stories in that series where they go to this alien planet and there's an ancient underground civilization. They're kind of ripping off planet beneath the planet of the apes, mm-hmm. um, where there's this underground civilization has mind powers and it's controlled by a tiny child man puppet mm. alien. And the master, and they've got this fantastic technology, which the master, of course, wants to use for his own good. But he offers to co-rule with the doctor and let the doctor use all this alien tech for good. And he's telling him, you can do good. You know, I'm offering this to you. And so this is like, to my mind, this is, this is, they're bringing that same theme from the master's past back of the master in a sense, yeah, the master wants control and the master wants to be buds with the doctor again. Missy explicitly says it. I want my friend back. Mm-hmm. Right. And her, her slash the master's idea of how to do this is to give the doctor the technology to rule and to do good with. Right. But, but also to, to kind of prove to the, the doctor that somehow the, they're the, the master that, yeah, mm-hmm. that they're the same, um, which is kind of interesting. This idea that, you know, People never see themselves as necessarily evil, that they always are pursuing a good. I mean, that idea. And and so Missy says, I'm just I'm just following my my end, my you know, my destiny. This is what I meant to be, and and you're not so different from me, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was coherent. But that it was kind of an interesting motivation. It's not simply I'm seeking power for power's sake and I want to rule the the world. Uh, which, by the way, the doctor has a great line earlier on the plane where he says to Missy, by the way, all those times you tried to take over the world. Yeah, they just gave it to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I like that one. So she gives the cyber control bracelet to the doctor and then he flips it to Danny, the one Cyberman not under control. And this is where he gives that line that love is not an emotion. It's a promise. Although. I think maybe more accurately, it's an act of the will. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I yeah. think I think that the idea here is correct that love, even though the, the inhibitor is on, love is not just an emotion. It's an act of the will, or it's a promise. It's yeah, it's a choice, and and that's yep. something that is they're that that they're doing good here. Um, yes, you know this is genuine insight that Stephen Moffat is correct about for once. And it is a message that our society needs because Mm -hmm. we have this screwed up idea of love as just a romantic thing. And as soon as you don't have the feels, you just dump whoever it was that you had previously made a commitment to. Yep. And if you get the feels for someone else, oh, it's time to move on. Yeah. Exactly. Just be, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Romance, you know, love is not romance and love exists even when you're you're old and decrepit and you don't have the same goo eyes that you had when you were 20 you know it's it's something you do um, because you know. now your goo eyes have cataracts <laughs> exactly, <Right>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well and, 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 and as jp2 would put it is you know 
Love is doing what is best for the other for their sake. You yeah. Know, it's choosing to do what's good for the other for their sake. Well, and in it's fact, choice. This, it's, it's also self-sacrificial, which is what we see Danny doing mm-hmm. here is, you know, love, if, which, if it was just an emotion, you would do anything to stay with the person you love if that was all it was, was an emotion. But in this sense, the, the love for someone else means the ultimate good is to preserve Clara by sacrificing himself. And so that's what he does. Um, so I, 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 you're right, Jimmy, that this is where Moffat gets it right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, and I, and I think this is a kind of redeems a lot of the bad stuff in this episode, not everything, but it redeems it part way at least. So, and and I don't think this episode is horrible by any yeah. means. Um, no. It just has parts in it that it's like, okay, here we go for a Stephen Moffat series finale. We're not going to completely stick the landing again, are we? <laughs> no, <laughs> right. So, uh, Danny takes the Cybermen up into the atmosphere to uh, to burn up all the clouds, the cyber clouds. Um, and meanwhile, Missy's still there, and Clara wants to kill. As you mentioned, Clara wants to kill Missy. She demands that Missy die. She says to the doctor, she has to die or everything that's happened today is on you, doctor. I'm not sure why. <laughs> like Just so S- Stephen Moffat can have a dramatic ending. Yeah, because, I mean, logically speaking, I mean, I know it's she's speaking for, uh, emotionally mm-hmm. here, but yep. logically speaking, you know, Missy dying doesn't change anything about what happened. So, right. Uh, nor so, does it give that if she Missy survives, it doesn't give the doctor added responsibility. Right, right. He's mm-hmm. you know he has as much responsibility as he's always had for whatever's happened. So um, a uh, and that's when the single remaining Cyberman kills Missy because apparently the Brigadier also wasn't under cyber control mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. the others were. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and that's that's how he was able to rescue Kate Stewart. Yes. And if, and we have this moment where the the doctor salutes the brigadier, which is close to the loop on a previous when they were on the plane when he says, um, "I the what was Kate, it?" Kate Kate, Kate yeah. told him that that secretly the brigadier always wanted the doctor to salute him, and the doctor says, "Why didn't he ask?" <laughs> right. Mm. And so here he he fulfills that that promise, which is a, a nice moment. I mean, as Fans of a classic who are always, uh, I think, enjoy these sorts of little bits of moments. It, that immediately it's a nice, it's a nice moment ruined by the fact that it was the cyber brigadier instead yes. of. I know, yeah, the, the regular brigadier. So then we jump forward. I, I would, I would rather but, lose the doctor saluting the brigadier, which was never brought up as something to care no. about before. Yeah, I would rather lose that than if it if we also had the option of simultaneously losing the cyber brigadier. Right. Agreed. Let the Brigadier rest in peace. So then we jump forward in time two weeks later and Clara is awakened in the night by Danny's voice. um, And it's revealed no one ever dies under Stephen Moffat's tenure. Danny is alive somewhere in another dimension. And I no, I I don't I don't think that's fair. Danny is dead. He's made his spirit may survive. Uh huh. But he's dead. He doesn't get to be with Clara. He sacrifices his chance to be with Clara to send this kid back. Well, mm. yes, but he, I guess, I mean, my, I mean, if you're, if you're going to say uh, that, 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 that Danny is really still alive, just, you know, in another dimension or something, 
you're going to have to say, oh, in the Christian faith, nobody ever really dies. Your 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 spirit yeah. is alive in another dimension. Well, okay, but mm-hmm. they've already established the idea that the afterlife isn't real in this. No, they haven't. The, the doctor was expressly open to the idea last episode. You, you, I mean, Moffat, you, 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 they haven't established anything. Moffat has little snarky lines he throws in here and there, but they're not meant to be definitive of the universe. So where so where are they? Are they back in the nethersphere? Because how does using no, the, this bracelet the, bring you the, back from the afterlife? It, it's it's Stephen Moffat series ending fantasy magic. I guess. I guess. I don't. There's no rational explanation for it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's an emotional satisfaction in. Danny making the ultimate final sacrifice once again, mm-hmm. sacrificing his happiness for the sake of someone else, and proving that Danny is the better man, I guess. Um, but yeah, it it rankles a little bit because it's I don't know it, mm-hmm. it just it doesn't feel like it makes sense. But okay. well, it I, I'll give you that it doesn't make sense. Um, but I I don't think it's I don't I. I, I I don't think we should overly harp on yeah every little thing that's that could be read as someone coming back from the dead because Danny doesn't come back from the dead. Right. Well, I you know, when I initially watched this the first time, I was frustrated at the end of this and I might have mentioned it when we first discussed this, which is I didn't I didn't know how to feel about Danny. Like just is he mm-hmm. gone? Is he not gone? Is it what like what's going on here with with Danny and and I, because he's like if he gets hit by the car and he's dead and gone, then it has an emotional you know, impact. Mm-hmm. But he's gone. He's not gone. He's gone. He's not gone. What's going on? And by the end of it, I'm like, is he coming back? Like, are we going to come back next season? And Danny's there. Like, it just feels incomplete, and thus it doesn't have. It fails at providing the emotional impact that I think they're trying to make because of that. That's my opinion on it, anyway. Um. So. Yeah, I I I think that Danny has a messy exit, but he's got an exit. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's proven that he has uh, that he's gone. So uh, they have a meeting. The doctor and uh, Clara meet up in a cafe, and the doctor sees. This is a little bit of a frustrating thing that I feel that I I don't like in in a lot of TV writing, which is. the plot advances in this direction because people make assumptions and don't actually communicate properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the doctor sees the Danny oh, bracelet. This is, that's the driving force for a number of Sherlock Holmes stories. This is not new. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The it's Sus- Sussex vampire, the yellow face. I mean, any, any of those stories, if the person simply did what a normal human would do and explain, <laughs> we wouldn't have a story. <laughs> true. True. So, the doctor assumes that Danny got back because he sees the bracelet and and assume and then assumes that because of it, Clara wants to tell him that she doesn't want to travel anymore. And he refuses to stop and listen to her as she's trying to talk. And then he lies to Clara that he found Gallifrey and so he's going home. And she, like you mentioned, she lies back that she and Danny will be fine without him. And so they're both going to be unhappy because they're not talking to each other. Which is, you know, kind of. Well, and um, of course, she doesn't stop him and tell him to shut up for a second and let her let her talk, as a normal person would do, you know. Yes, Clara has done it many times. So, yeah. Mm. 
So this is, I, I'm not entirely sure, I'd have to check, but Jenna Coleman apparently was planning to leave the series several times and right. ended up extending her stay mm. several times. And I know that in the Alien Facehugger Christmas special, that that was one of her exit points. Mm-hmm. And I think this may have been one of her exit points too. That okay. and that we may that because because it really actually balances. It's dark, but yeah. it mm-hmm. al- it balances nicely. They get a genuine goodbye where they they they've benefited from being together and they're not together anymore. And actually. As a companion, if you if this had been the actual companion exit, it would have been one of the more interesting ones. Yeah, yeah, because it 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 doesn't fit the normal. Oh, I guess it's time, Doctor. I've just fallen in love with Sabalom Glitz, and now <laughs> yeah. we're going to get married. And you know, um, so it it having this emotionally complex ending for the two characters that's that would be very interesting as a companion exit. And I think this may have been planned as a companion exit, and then they held her over for the Christmas special, and then they wrote a new exit for there, and then they have another one beyond that when she finally does leave. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. I, actually, as not to mention, I do seem to recall that that they were looking to, to give her an out at the end of this one. Yeah, the, she, so she's not only the impossible girl that um, that you know keeps showing up impossibly in history. Not only does she keep showing up, she keeps refusing to leave. <laughs> she's the impossible guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the thing that wouldn't leave. <laughs> so, and then as you mentioned, we get this mid-credit sequence, like we get the credits start and then stop, and then we have uh, Nick Frost as Santa show up and basically tell the doctor that he and Clara both are, are both wrong. Do you think this was, I think that was added in yeah. post, you know, because that's why it's mid credits. Right. Is because the episode was already filmed and done. Right. And this was like, Oh, we've decided to bring her back for last Christmas. And so that was the, uh, the way to, to hook that in. Okay. So, um, yeah. So last thoughts on this episode, father Corey, you know, all in all, I enjoyed this. It wasn't as good as the first part of the two-parter, but it was still, you know, with with the complaints we've talked about, things being borderline, right on that borderline between offensive and stupid. Um, I like that. I like that little uh, way of categorizing them. Um, it was it was a good episode. It, it wasn't too bad at all. It was a good conclusion to a season. It made way more sense than the Wet Ring of River song. <laughs> yeah. Right. How about you, Jimmy? Yeah, it was a fine episode. Uh, I mean, broadly speaking, it's something I don't cringe at the idea of watching. And I'm glad in watching it this time and really paying attention, it's like, okay, they don't turn every human who's ever lived into a Cyberman. Okay, well, that's less offensive. Good. That's true. That's true. I, I, I will say one thing we did, didn't did mention that was stupid is you've got flying Cybermen, so let's get on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not going to be better. Maybe you go underground. That might have been better. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, it it could be of some advantage. I mean, the reason we have the mobile nuclear bunker, even though there are, even though nuclear missiles fly, we still have a mobile nuclear bunker for the president to well, at least be mobile and moving around. The the, the difference with, between a nuclear missile and a Cyberman is Cyberman can jump on the plane as it's flying and tear yes. it apart. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
Consider, if you will, maybe a submarine next time. <laughs> we'll see. How about a giant wooden badger? So <laughs> that's a Muddy Python. Muddy Python. Yep. yep. All right. So that I think that does it for now on this one. We want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including Teresa C, Adam P, Susan B, Sandra C, and Mark L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edited this episode for us. So that's it from us. We would love to know what you thought of Death in Heaven, this 12th Doctor story. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or The Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. Send an email to Who at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. And you can now watch The Secrets of Doctor Who in full video on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the second Doctor story, for real this time, The Wheel in Space. Until then, <laughs> Father Cory Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Doctor Who. Thank you, Dom. Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, that's your answer for everything, isn't it? Vote for an idiot. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to keep producing the shows you love and to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts are tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent and may you have a blessed Christmas season.